Welcome back to the Senior Scoop. I'm Mari Ramirez. And I'm Ava Richards. And we're here to give you advice on how to make it to your senior year. And who better than two seniors who have had interesting experiences over the past four years? So sit back, relax, and enjoy some words of wisdom. Last week, we touched on sports, an extracurricular that many Carmont students are involved in. And this week, we wanted to delve a little deeper into the realm of high school extracurriculars, since they are quite an important part of the whole experience. This episode is going to be a little bit different than previous ones. We actually brought four people on to talk about more unique activities they participate in. And rather than our usual hilarious conversations, we gave the floor to our guests to really go deeper into their experiences. So let's get started. The first person on today's show is a voice you've heard before, Olivia Troy. I decided to bring her back so she could tell me more about Carmont's Business Club. Hey guys, I'm Olivia Troy, member of DECA. So first question, how did you find out about DECA and why did you join? So what really like made me join DECA was that like I was interested in business. So like I did like the business class and then alongside that I did DECA because I wanted to kind of explore more of the business side of things and you know like just get a taste of what it is. (laughs) And then what made it even better was like I had friends there and like I knew most of the people already in it so it just kind of like it made sense for me to like be there because like I was comfortable with most of them that's so cool I wish I like actually knew about stuff (laughs) in high school (laughs) that sounds bad but what do you typically do in the program basically our end goal is to prepare for competitions so usually in like the winter in springtime they hold um district or like state or like international competitions for written and role plays so written is like it's like a written project you can like write about a product like entrepreneurship the second part is a role play so role play it's basically like improv and you're basically like improving your way through like some sometimes it could be like a marketing plan or something which is really cool like you could know nothing about the subject but just like keep on talking you sound like really confident and like people think you know your stuff i wish i knew about deca <laughs> like because yeah. like like you said how you want to look at like the business stuff like it's such a it sounds like a really cool opportunity to actually do it since this is like more of a club where you have to apply like stuff that you actually learn or whatever and like actually interact with people it's really cool to see like the different aspects of like what a written is you could like do it about like anything but for a role play like the scenario can be like really like out of whack like one of my role plays it was about like a dolphin watching cruise ship and then this woman comes and she's like i ordered a coke but she got like a diet coke and then she's like also i don't see any dolphins and then i'm like well what am i supposed to do about that but you have to make like something out of nothing and just like stick to the parameters it's really funny the improv sound fun like stressful but like a good type of stress yeah it really gets the endorphins pumping do you think you'd go into business like during college or for a career i think whatever i do will probably involve some type of business and like when i hear about it i'm like oh 
this sounds like really fun. Then when I think about it a little bit more, I'm like, but will this like fit me? I think I could go into business, but like, I also think I could go into like a lot of other things like biotech or like English or like anthropology. Yeah. I feel that I think I've changed what I say my major is gonna be like six, seven times over the past like two months. So yeah, college apps. What would you say your favorite part of DECA is? It's definitely the conferences for the written. I had a partner, so we did it together and it was more of like a teamwork thing. So I was really proud of us when we finished, um, even though like if our scores didn't reflect that, I felt like we did a really good job um, given like our motivation and like the time we had and the effort we put in, I felt like it was enough. So it's just like the experience of like being together with a bunch of people who like support you. That sounds like such a great experience. So thank you for talking about it with me, Olivia. Well, it's time to meet our next guest. His name is Kevin Shimizu and I talked to him about a club that we participate in together, the Carmont Technical Theater Association, or CTTA for short. Hi, I'm Kevin. I am the secretary of CTTA. All right, so could you explain a little bit about what CTTA is? What we do is we pretty much run or operate in the school theater. That includes sound, lighting, um, any like stage work. So how did you find out about CTTA and what prompted you to join? I found out about CTTA through two people. Uh, one being my brother, who was uh, a former Carmont student, and he was also a member of CTTA. He told me about it. I was interested. I thought it was really interesting to work events, um, especially since there's the uh, aspect of getting community service hours. That was like the first thing that caught me. But I think after a few events, I just I didn't come for the community service. I came for the club, the interactions. What would you say the time commitment is like since you guys do so much work in the Performing Arts Center? It can vary depending on your own time. It's a club where it's it's really do at your own pace. If you can't afford to go to many events or sign up for many events, um, you don't have to. There's no requirements. It, it's very much if you are available and you want to do it, you can do it. What do you think is your favorite part about working for CTTA? Probably hanging out on stage or doing stuff on stage. Uh, I'm definitely more of a stage person than a booth person, so I like doing labor, I guess. <laughs> manual um, labor? <laughs> manual labor, uh, like uh, moving props or moving sets, rigging. Doing the actual behind the scenes is like really cool, and I, and I really like that idea of seeing how things work. Do you have like a favorite like event or show that you worked um, I think I'll have to say my sophomore year musical, which was Into the Woods. I was doing reading at the time for the, or for my role at least. That was probably the most fun I've had in terms of like event wise. Like I, like I said earlier, I like doing manual labor type of stuff on stage. I felt I, like I had a lot of power. <laughs> and then I also did a, special little really scary thing where I went up to the catwalk by myself in the dark oh my gosh, yeah. during the show and I rained leaves on the, the audience. Probably one of the most exhilarating moments of my CTTA career. Well, thank you so much for sharing your CTTA experience with us, Kevin.
Well, let's move on to our next guest, Lauren Chong. Ava and I talked to her about her experience working on Carmont's yearbook. Hi, my name is Lauren. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of Carmont Yearbook, and I've been editor-in-chief for two years now and on the staff for four. So Lauren, could you tell us how you found out about the yearbook initially and why you joined? Um, it was super random. My freshman year, I was like scrolling through the Carmont website as freshmen do. I stumbled across the yearbook page and I was like two weeks into the year or something and I was like, huh, I kind of want to do this. So I applied really quickly and my counselor reached out to me. Mr. Ke- Kelly emailed me and then I showed up like the next day um, with new schedule change. Um, and Everybody was super welcoming. I was really surprised. So what do you do as the editor-in-chief and what are your main responsibilities? I guess my job kind of starts like early on in the summer every year. There's a lot of planning that goes into the book before the actual year starts. And then once the year actually starts, there's a whole lot of meetings about cover and, um, you know, assignments and how you delegate everything. Um, And a lot of my role is actually managing the people on the staff um, and kind of making sure that everybody's cooperating, everybody understands what their job is. What is the process of making the yearbook? It's very different from most electives because it's such a long process. It starts like in the summer um, and then during the year, there's a lot of delegating of like, okay, so who's going to be taking photos of this sport or this event? And who's going to be writing about it? Who's going to be interviewing? And we always have to be really mindful of like the diversity we're showing and making sure we're showing all different, you know, facets of like Carmont rather than just like the people who are a little more extroverted. And then we have deadlines every month that we have to meet um, and we submit them so they can go get printed at the plant in Kansas. Let's go Kansas. And then they all arrive in May and then we distribute those. Um, we're always really, really proud of it. What do you think is, like, the hardest part of your role as editor-in-chief? I mean, the whole role can be a little bit hard at all times, um, but I think the hardest part, for me at least, is just kind of being super assertive with people. I've always struggled with, like, telling people what I want without being, like, a bit of a pushover, honestly. So I think this role has really helped me, like, branch out and be able to say, like, hey, I really need this done, and there's, like, not much room for excuses. What is your favorite part of making the yearbook? I mean, honestly, I really enjoy the entire thing. I'm a bit of a layout nerd. I really, really like making layouts for some reason. Um, The photography is what drew me in at first. I was like, I really want to get better at photography. So that's why I initially joined. Um, But layouts ended up becoming like my thing. How much time do you think that like you put into the yearbook? Um, I definitely put in quite a bit of work. This year, it's been a little easier to kind of be a little more hands off. Last year, I think total I counted it up for college apps I spent 900 hours on that book oh my gosh that's so many um I'm not sure how that happened but it just happened but I do remember a lot of late nights do you have any favorite memories or moments from being on the yearbook staff football games are like a huge deal for yearbook I make it mandatory for everybody to go that's just always the way it's been I have a lot of memories from those first football games but one of my favorite was my very first one I think it was the very first win Cromont had had in like I don't know several years at least um, it was when Mr. Messino joined the team I just remember it being such a fun time because I hadn't ever been surrounded by that many people so spirited before and it was just such a new experience to be like on the field taking photos and I that very first football game I was like yeah this is like where I want to be that sounds really great Lauren thank you so much for sharing with us All right, we've reached our final guest of the episode, who will also be a familiar voice for you all. We brought back Katrina Sharonin so she could tell us about volunteering at our local Cal Fire Station. Hello, my name is Katrina Sharonin, and I will be talking about my extracurricular of fire exploring. Could you start off by telling us a little bit more about what fire exploring is and how you got involved with the whole thing? 
Basically, fire exploring is kind of a junior level to actual firefighting, and it basically introduces um, the fire service and gives you hands-on opportunities um, to train in this field and get shadowing experience um, and getting involved. How I found out about it? It was, <laughs> I saw an email from them, and so I was like, that sounds kind of cool. Like, that was my first reaction. It was just like, I don't know, like, fire trucks are kind of cool. They're, like, red and mysterious, <laughs> like, they roll around. And so I decided I would apply and try it out. So what is your role within the Fire Explorer program? I'm the liaison, which is, like, the lead position in the post, and that's, like, coordinating meets, talking with the advisors, um, also talking to like volunteer event coordinators and getting them involved. Like, how can we help out? Also recruiting new people into the post. Do you have like a favorite thing that you like to do when you're working? So for training, my favorite thing to do is the aerial ladder. That's the truck ladder, 100 feet long, goes up. It's crazy. And I, I remember the first time we did it, there's no security. So if you fall, you, you die pretty much. But it was so cool getting up there. I've never done anything like that. This is like... It's extremely, like, not dangerous, obviously, because they don't want to kill us, but it was crazy. It was, like, the first time I was like, wow, this is, like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> what did your time look like when you're there? It's about four hours of training a week, and this is, like, excluding COVID. You know, we still do online training, but um, we would do training almost every Saturday morning, unless a substantial thing, like if they have to go out to fight the wildfires, then obviously our meets are on hold. And then ride-alongs, which we mandated 12 hours per month, and you can spread them out however you want. And so sometimes you can do like a full day from like morning to evening. Sometimes you can do like a half day. Um, it's recommended to do the full day just so you can like help out and see how the whole thing plays out. What would you say is like the hardest part about being part of the Fire Explorer program? One of the biggest thing is my physical difference in size is actually a big challenge. And of course, like I joke around with like the like all the firefighters like using me as an armrest. They're like, oh, what's this armrest doing? It's talking to me like, you know, um, <laughs> but sometimes it is quite tough and I get really frustrated. And the firefighters are really supportive. They're like, they're like, I'll teach you how to do it. They're like, I'll help you out, you know. Do you have any particularly good memories from working alongside the firefighters? Dinner time is generally very special because I'm always fearful for my life because there's always something going to go down. Um, like one time when they were, the captain gave me like a can of beans and he's like, hey, can you open this? And I'm with, and he gives me a can opener. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And then he's like, everybody, he's like, we have an emergency. And everybody like shows up to the kitchen and he's like, she can't open the can. And they're like, yeah, like, what's up? And they're like, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't. Do it. And then they, he's like, this is a really dangerous operation. And he taught me how to do it. It's like, there's plenty of instances where they taught me these like little life skills that really stick with me. Do you have any ride-along experiences that are just particularly memorable? Probably the most memorable was my first death. It was a cardiac arrest, which just means the heart stopped, and they were doing CPR. And I remember it was so distinct to me because I was there, like, just holding equipment and, like, doing very basic things, getting out of their way. They put the guy on the stretcher and then, you know, we left and one of the firefighters is like, hey, like, you know, we got to go pick up stuff at the mail office and uh, post office. And like, they were acting really normal. The engineer, he turns around and looks at me and he's like, he's like, how do you feel about your first code? I'm like, code. And he's like, you know, like death. And I was like, he's dead. And he's like, oh, yeah. We were on the highway and they were like listening to pop music and like doing this. Like, I was just like kind of sitting there like dumbfounded and like, because this is so normal for them. And I remember I got back and like, 
I decided to leave a little early. And then later that night, it really hit me. I was like, I should have said something. What I did then was I called um, one of my advisors. He was a firefighter and then he, um, he transferred to a different place. He talked me through, you know, what do you do in these instances? And he's like, this is a test of whether you want to stay or not. And it's fine if you want to leave, but this is like a reality. Ever since then, it's kind of stuck with me, not because it was graphic or whatever, but because of the nature of it mm -hmm. um, and what to say. And I'm grateful that when I did encounter it, I had these people around me who were very supportive and walked me through it. Your experiences sound really intense, Kat, but I'm glad that you're interested in helping people no matter what. Before we end this episode, we asked all of our guests if they had any advice about trying to find extracurriculars and the perfect place to fit in. Here's what they have to say. My advice definitely is if you find something interesting and you, you want to try it, as weird as it feels, like go for it, don't hesitate. Just try new things because you don't necessarily have to stay around. Explore as many options as possible first. In terms of like activities, if it comes to the point where like you're doing it and you don't want to do it anymore, like just don't do it. Thank you so much to everyone that participated in this episode. We really loved hearing about all of your stories. All right. Well, that just about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. From Scott Center News, this has been The Senior Scoop. Signing off, I'm Mari. And I'm Ava. And don't forget to tune in next time for more words of wisdom.